This is Trice Talk Minipod for Friday night, July the 30th, 2021. And I'm your host, Donald Wayne. But of course, if you're a regular listener, you already know that. Minipod, that gap filler between episodes of Trice Talk, a mini version, if you will, of our regular show where I limit the subjects and the time for the show. Well, at least I usually do. Uh, I've gotten carried away a few times this week just because of the nature of the stories that I've been using. And uh, it's required a little bit more time than I would normally allow. So, uh, but anyway, hey, everybody, thanks for checking out tonight's episode of Trice Talk Mini Pod. Well, we've, we've made it through another week, or at least I hope you have. I mean, it's Friday night. So unless you are one of those poor souls that have to work on weekends, you're done for the next two days, right? Um, of course, I've said a number of times on our show uh, over the past year, and we have, Trice Talk has been on for a little over a year now, even though we didn't really celebrate that milestone earlier in the month. But um, I, I'm not a, a, a big proponent of rushing time. And, and of course, that's one of the things that you realize you should not do, uh, you know, when you get past that 50th birthday or especially the 60th birthday, you kind of want to slow down a little bit. So, um, but since we've made it to Friday, then it's okay to celebrate that fact. But yeah, I'm not a big, <laughs> I don't encourage people to, on Monday say, golly, I can't wait till Friday gets here because that's basically running through five days of your life quickly. Um, I want to thank everybody that's endured with me this week. Uh, I've been a la solo all week. Uh, normally Dennis Lee would have been with me on Tuesday night and then again on Thursday night. And, uh, for some unforeseen circumstances, he has not been able to do that this week. So you've pretty much had me to tolerate all week without Dennis Lee's voice to break up the monotony. But, you know, uh, I hope that at least that you've enjoyed some, I would like to think that you've enjoyed all of the shows this week, but you know, um, if you've enjoyed some of it and gotten something out of uh, the mini pods that I've done this week, I, I, I will take uh, some joy in that. Um, and it's really been a week, mostly of serious topics. If you've been listening, um, it's just been one of those weeks, you know, where, where, when I hear a story and there's so many that are on the news right now that just want to make you scratch your head, you just can't help but say, what can that story really be serious? But then you realize they are in all honesty. I'm concerned about the fate of this country. I, I, I do have faith that conservatives, Republicans, the good people of America and good Democrats of America can persevere and uh, keep us, 
you know, uh, from uh, falling too far into the abyss. But I tell you, it's just every day there's something new that makes me just wonder. It's like a barrage. It's like like the enemy is out there. They've realized that just uh, focusing on one issue here, one issue there is not enough. Liberals, socialists, the Biden folks have been hitting us with all kinds of stuff. I mean, almost from the moment that, uh, you know, President Biden took office in January, in late January, it's been one thing after another to try and weaken this country of ours, try to dilute the American way of life, try to completely reorganize things to create a system that we wouldn't even recognize if we could look at it 20 or 30 years down the road. So anyway, I do appreciate it. Those of you that have hung in here, hung in there with me this week and, uh, and listen to all of my um, serious concern articles about things that are going on. So tonight is another one of those things. I know it's a Friday night, and I wish, uh, actually, I wish I could do a Friday night for volunteer like Dennis Lee and I used to do up until about, uh, I guess it was maybe April when we stopped doing Friday night for volunteers. I'm not quite sure now. But I, I wish I could do one of those episodes. Of course, it'd be hard for me to do that by myself anyway, sit here and tell a bunch of jokes and then try to laugh at them myself. But I, um, I can't do that tonight. I came across another article today, <laughs> and my first story is one that, again, it's something that I saw on Fox, uh, the Fox News Channel this afternoon um, mid afternoon or so. And when I saw it, like I've done several times this week, I had to go to the internet and look up an article because they really didn't expand on it too much. And I, I had to look it up and, and get some more details. So the subject of this first article, it's called or it's titled a New York times guest essay argues that non-citizens should have the right to vote. Now, if you haven't seen that, you haven't heard that about that article, I'm going to say it again. New York times guest essay argues that non-citizens should have right to vote. So I, I found, uh, this article on uh, foxnews.com and it's an article by Brandon Gillespie, which I've used uh, a number of articles actually by Brandon Gillespie uh, in the, uh, well, all through this year. So um, let me pull that particular article up here and whoops, that's not the one I want. Ah, um, and you'll be glad to know that I only have this one article tonight, but I have several different comment periods on it. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat this horse for a little while. Oh, all you animal lovers, I'm sorry. I, I 
we can't say that anymore, right? We can't talk about beating a dead horse or anything like that. So I'm going to expand on this article, I guess. I'm not really crazy about that either. But anyway, here we go. And this article, and golly, um, a clip I'm going to play for you in a little while actually does a, a real good job of saying this author's name, the, the, the lady who wrote this article in the New York Times. Uh, I'm going to probably butcher it, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway, because I'm not real happy with her, although I would not disrespect her, but she's nuts. Uh, Atosa Araxia Abrahamian. And when you hear that pronounced later on the little uh, audio clip that I have by uh, a professional, uh, they'll do a much better job. And um, I, I just can't duplicate that. So here's, here's the article by uh, Brandon Gillespie. It's really not that long. He goes on to say, a guest essay for the New York Times published Wednesday was headlined, There is no good reason a person should be required to become an American citizen in order to vote in U.S. elections. In the essay, journalist Atosa Araxia Abrahamian, a Swiss immigrant. Okay, now hang on to that thought for a second, all right? Remember, this Atosa is a Swiss immigrant. All right. So, and she wrote this article or this essay, and she argued that because non-citizens living legally in the U.S. contribute as much, she says, to American life as natural-born Americans, they should have a say in matters of politics and policy. Considering the Supreme Court's recent decision undermining voting rights, and Republicans' efforts to suppress, redistrict, and manipulate their way to electoral security, it's time for Democrats to radically expand the electorate. Abrahamian wrote, (laughs) proposing federal legislation to give millions of young people and essential workers a clear road to citizenship is a good start. She called on lawmakers in Washington and state capitals across the country to lift voting restrictions on legal residents who aren't American citizens, including green card holders, those on work visas, as well as deferred action for childhood arrivals, which is the DACA we hear about quite often. Expanding the franchise in this way would give an American democracy new life restore immigrants' trust in government, and send a powerful message of inclusion to the rest of the world, Abrahamian added. She claimed the change would be beneficial for Democrats at first, you think, but suggested Republicans would be induced to expand their outreach to more diverse groups and possibly enthuse their current constituents to turn out to vote in greater numbers. Well, they certainly would turn out in greater numbers if they were having to vote against this piece of crap. That's my words, not not Brandon's. I hope the Democrats seize their chance and realize the power and the enthusiasm of their, of their potential constituents. They and we will not regret it, she said. 
So then on this article, he has <laughs> a, a number of people that have tweeted. Um, in response uh, to to this article, uh, chicks on the right. I've actually listened to their podcast before, uh, but what the literal EFF is what they tweeted. I'm not quite sure. EFF. Okay. Um, John Cooper showing your ID to vote. Jim Crow, allowing illegal aliens to cancel out your vote. Cool. That was John's response. J.D. Vance, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of J.D. Vance. Our ruling class is dedicated to the destruction of its own people. Uh, Carmine Sabaya uh, says, the New York Times shows you the end game. I wonder if that's a reference to uh, the Marvel series. And Dan Gaynor, tell me the New York Times is an enemy of America without saying it. Then he goes on to repeat, there is no good reason you should have to be a citizen to vote. So that was just some of the comments that uh, were posted regarding that article. So let me get out of that and get back over to my other screen. <laughs> like I said... Having to do this without Dennis Lee being around to run interference is, is a challenge sometimes. Especially when I hit the wrong button. Um, so that was the comment on the article itself. Now, I do have the article as well. I'm not going to read the entire thing because it's too long, but I'm going to read some of the uh, beginning uh, paragraphs of the article, and then I'm going to post it on Facebook like I always do, uh, or I normally do with articles that we use on Trice Talk and Minipod. But I do want to play a short interview from Fox News primetime where uh, Stephen Miller, who is a former Trump advisor, you've, if you watch Fox News, you've probably seen him on there quite a bit in recent weeks. Uh, but he's weighing in on this very topic that that uh, I just that we just talked about about that article. Uh, let me see if I can get to that and still continue some kind of train of thought here. Uh, I have to go to my uh, phone and pull up that clip and see if I can uh, stop it when I'm ready. So this is just Stephen Miller being asked what he thinks about this article. And I think his comments, I also had that in, in writing. I had the written uh, notes from that, but I thought I'd just, uh, in, in an attempt to break the monotony of just listening to me, I thought I'd let you listen to Stephen Miller for a moment. So here he is. Let me get this keyed up and ready to go and get Stephen Miller's comments on this very subject. Ever wonder why the Democrats don't stop the crisis at our southern border? Maybe it's because they want to turn those immigrants into Democratic votes, regardless of citizenship. The New York Times is out with a new guest essay arguing, quote, there is no good reason you should have to be a citizen to vote. That's according to journalist Atassa Araxia Abrahamian. 
She goes on to write, it's time for Democrats to radically expand the electorate. And she's not ashamed to admit Democrats are likely to be the biggest beneficiaries of this change. Here now to explain the pitfalls of voting without citizenship is Stephen Miller, America First legal founder, former senior advisor to President Trump. Stephen, uh, this just seems to be like, oh, let's just skip all those other steps. We're pretending we're going to import voters and make them citizens. Let's just forget that part. They don't have time for that, do they? The New York Times opinion piece is extraordinarily revealing for the mindset of the left, which is they want to erode and ultimately erase the very idea of American citizenship. Voting is not just a right. It's also a responsibility. You have to learn our country's history, its culture, its language, its values to be able to make an informed decision about voting. That's why this country has a naturalization process, a lawful process to go through to learn who we are and what we're about. And one of the things that we did during the Trump administration that's actually been reversed by President Biden was we actually improved and upgraded the naturalization process to put a greater emphasis on American history and American values. You know, what's interesting is that part of becoming an American, and you see this with people as they're sworn in, is, is that commitment, is people come here not because the weather's great, it's because they want to become an American. There is a transition that happens. It's almost like in your DNA, there's the freedom becomes palpable and clear. If, if that's, if we can, if we're going to erase that, then effectively there is no country, there's no sovereignty, there is no America within which to become a part of, is there? Which is the entire goal. You know, when Susan Rice, who is currently the head of the Domestic Policy Council, which means she's responsible for overseeing immigration policy in the United States, when she says, as she did a few days ago, that dreamers are Americans, she's engaged in purposeful lying. And she's engaged in an attack on the English language. Americans are Americans. Citizens are citizens. And dreamers, so-called, are illegal immigrants. And when we deprive people of this country of their language, of their ability to be able to speak clearly and to say, no, if you come here illegally, you are not a citizen. You are not an American. You do not have the right to vote in our elections. You do not have the right to occupy an American job. These are not controversial thoughts. These are basic fundamental ideas to what it means to have and to keep a nation. Well, see, this be, we're a nation that's based on an idea. And it makes it, as a result, easier to kind of squash that idea with changing the language, making the most one of the most important rights, the right to vote as a citizen. That's the thing that we have. And in the meantime, uh, I know that you've, I believe, just filed a lawsuit uh, through your uh, foundation, your legal foundation, that deals with the race. All right. So then they went on to talk out, uh, talk about his lawsuit that he's filed and it's not having anything to do with this subject. So I cut that off. Um, so you see, there's one thing that he, he didn't cover in there. And one thing that this, this author, uh, is, is saying in her article is that, uh, she's saying that the people that have been here for a, a, a number of years, in some cases that have green cards and work visas and, and, you know, visas so they can go to school and stuff. Um, she's saying they contribute to the American society as well. So they should be allowed to vote. But the funny thing is, is uh, 
the country, th- this lady, um, <laughs> which Tammy Bruce was uh, the person doing the interview of Stephen Miller. She did a much better job of pronouncing that lady's name, but I don't really care because I think she's a kook anyway, and I don't agree with her. But again, I wouldn't uh, purposely disrespect her by butchering her name. But she is f- originally from Sweden. Okay. I, mean, I heard this today on, on Fox News when they originally talked about it because they were using that as, as an argument point. This, this lady is from Sweden originally. Now, supposedly she was brought over here by her parents uh, as, I, I don't know, I don't know if she's a teenager or a little bit younger than that. So she's been in the country a number of years. But the very country that she's from, and she's still a citizen of, is Sweden. It actually takes about 10 years to become a citizen if you wanted to move to Sweden and become a citizen. Because they want to make sure that you are are fairly fluent in their language. They want to make sure that you have a fairly good understanding of their society. They want to make sure that you have a very good understanding of some of their history. So you know what it's what it means to be Swedish. If that's your goal in life is to become uh, a citizen of Sweden. So the very country that she's from originally, even though she was brought over here as a, as a child or a teenager has strict uh, citizenship, citizenship laws. So, and, and, and I was actually going to try to look at, uh, do a little research before the show tonight and see if I could find, you know, what some of the other, uh, citizenship requirements for other countries. But uh, I, I apologize. I didn't have time to do that, but I did remember that about Sweden. So about 10 years and uh, a lot of money. Uh, I think they said you had to pay a, a fee to uh, the state or, or the country, the uh, federal uh, fee, if you will. And then you also had to pay some kind of fee to the county or city that you're living, that you're going to live in, reside in. Uh, and I think you have to have a, uh, of course, a firm job, but there's requirements. And what this, this lady is saying is that people should be able to, you know, if, if they're here for any certain period of time, whether or not they become citizens yet, they should have a right to vote. You should not have a right to vote. You don't have a right on on the say of what happens to this country unless you're completely invested. And the only way you're completely invested is if you become an American citizen. And I've I've uh, there there was a time when you you know you uh, were expected to learn English and. Uh, assimilate yourself into American culture doesn't mean you had to give up if, you know, you got a Hispanic culture, you got French culture, you know, that your heritage that you didn't have to completely uh, remove it and forget about it, but you still had to become a part of American society and have respect for American society Uh, and learning English, you know, at least to where you can communicate with people was part of it. And that's part of it for Sweden to become a citizen. And I'm sure that's probably the same is true for a number of other countries. 
you're here. She's here and she's got a job and she's making a living. And yeah, she's uh, paying, probably paying taxes and doing a bunch of other things that uh, go along with it. Well, why not go ahead and, and finish the process and become an American citizen? So this, this whole garbage that just because you're here, living here, and maybe working here, it doesn't matter whether you're a citizen or not. You should be able to participate in the voting. No. No. Of course, they would love that. And, and she was honest about it when she said, well, that would probably benefit Democrats in the beginning. But more or less, if, if Republicans would change their ways and start catering and kissing up to their butt, then, you know, maybe Republicans would start getting some of their votes. So it's crazy. Uh, I'm going to read just a little bit of the article. Just the first couple of paragraphs here. Let me get that one pulled up, pull up the right one this time. And I'm looking at the New York Times page, and it says opinion guest essay by Antosa, Atosa, uh, whatever. And it says Miss Abraham Abrahamson Abrahamian, golly, is a journalist who has written extensively about citizenship. Really. Why don't you get it? Why don't you obtain your American citizenship before you write about it, especially if it pertains to this country? Uh, then the the New York Times itself, and it doesn't really say who's who's making this comment, but says this essay is a part of a series exploring bold ideas to revitalize and renew the American experiment. Is it still an experiment, folks? I mean, yeah, you know, we, we've, we've changed throughout history. There are things that we, you know, uh, our society has evolved. And thank goodness, thank God that it has improved in many areas since our founding. But is it still an experiment? Renew the American experiment. I have to think about that one a little bit. No, the way that liberals and the socialists want to treat this country, they want to treat it as an experiment. They want to experiment with socialism and try to convince the majority of the people in this country that, oh, everybody would be so much better off if we just adopted these socialist ideas. All right, just a little bit of the article. She starts out saying, Washingtonians, 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 I don't know. People live in Washington, love to complain about taxation without representation. But for me and my fellow non-citizens, it is a fact of political life that we submit to unquestioningly year after year, primary after primary, presidential election after presidential election. 
nearly 15 million people living legally in the United States, most of whom contribute as much as any natural-born American to this country's civic, cultural, and economic life, don't have a say in matters of politics and policy because we, resident foreign nationals or aliens, as we are sometimes called, cannot vote. Considering the Supreme Court's recent decision undermining voting rights and Republicans' efforts to suppress, redistrict, and manipulate their way to electoral security, it's time for Democrats to radically expand the electorate. Proposing federal legislation to give millions of young people and essential workers a clear road to citizenship is a good start. But there's another measure that lawmakers both in Washington and state capitals should put in place, lifting voting restrictions on legal residents who aren't citizens, people with green cards, people here on work visas, and those who arrived in the country as children and are still waiting for permanent papers. Expanding the franchise in this way would give American democracy new life, restore immigrants' trust and government, and send a powerful message of inclusion to the rest of the world. It's easy to assume that that redis, restrict, well, let's see, it's easy to assume that restricting the franchise, I'm sorry about that, (laughs) to citizens is an age-old, non-negotiable fact, but it's actually a relatively recent convention and a political choice. Early in the United States history, voting was a function of not of national citizenship, but of gender, race, and class. As, as a result, white male landowners of all nationalities were encouraged to play an active role in shaping American democracy, while women and poor, indigenous, and enslaved people could not. That wholesale discrimination is unquestionably worse than excluding resident foreigners from their polls, but the point is that history shows how readily voting laws can be altered and that restrictive ones tend not to age very well. So that's all I'm going to read of that garbage from this person. So she wants to skip the whole citizenship process and then just let anybody that comes in here and spends a certain amount of time on a work visa or a green card or whatever reason they quote are legally here that they can vote. Without any restrictions on learning about the country that you want to vote in, learning about our history, learning about what America's about, learning its values, regardless of what you see in, 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 in public a lot, there are values to being an American citizen. You should learn the English language, at least to the point that you can communicate with other Americans in this country. You need to have an investment of time and show that you actually care about contributing to America and not 
coming here to change America, to suit you and suit your lifestyle. Again, on your own time and your own space, you have a right to continue whatever cultural ideas that, that, that or heritage that you have. But in American society, you need to contribute to American society. And that needs to be part of your, your goal is to become an American and contribute to American ideals. Not to come here from some oppressed country and the next thing you know, you want to adopt rules and you want to adopt laws and things from the very country that you left because they were oppressive, but yet you like this and that, so you want to bring that over here. So it, in a week of insanity, I had to see this article. I had to see that somebody is actually throwing that idea out there and that some magazine or some uh, newspaper was willing to put it out and give it some relevance and there's probably thousands of people in this country right now that would uh, say, Hey, that's not a bad idea. And then there's those of us who are suspicious of why in the hell Biden continues to allow thousands and thousands of people to continue flowing over the border. And as I talked about last night, you know, with COVID, many of them with COVID spreading it across the country. And they're moving these people around to different communities and different states. But why? You have to ask yourself, why? Why is it with, with a pandemic still not completely uh, eradicated, does our federal government allow this to happen right now? And then you read an article like this and you say, well, maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of it. Get to America and you get the whole package. If you can get across that border, you get the whole freaking package. Health care, free health care free housing for a period of time, Lord knows how long, job assistance, in some cases, maybe job preference because they'll work for lower wages than Americans. Well, especially now that uh, uh, Biden has, has ruined everybody with extra money. And then we've got that nut job up there in, in Congress that, uh, proposing a bill for the guaranteed income is, I think it's Omar, which fortunately doesn't really have a chance of passing now. But I'm sure there's a lot of people nodding their heads across the country. Hey, man, that would be wonderful. <laughs> guaranteed income. 
How many people, how many job openings do you think you're going to have after that? And then on top of all that, we want to say that people don't have to be American citizens and they have a right. They have a right. This lady is saying they have a right to vote. Are you serious? What are we thinking? Why do we even entertain these crackpot ideas? Why is a, is a, a, a paper, an established paper like the New York Times, giving them any relevance at all? Why would you even publish that crap? I don't know. There, there's, there's more unanswered question and questions in this country today than there are answered questions in my mind. There's so many things that we can't get answers for. There's so many things happening that we, you, you can't find any logic to. You can find people saying, oh, we need to do this. We want to do this. But you can't find any logic. You can't find any reasoning behind it. And even though I'm not, you know, as I said at the beginning of the show, I'm not a proponent for rushing time. Uh, you know, I'm not much for, you know, <laughs> pushing the next six months of my life or eight months or nine months. But uh, in some ways, we need to hurry up and get to next year's elections. Because... Lord knows how many crazy things are going to continue to be submitted or are we going to be subjected to in this country until we try to correct the mistake that a lot of people made last year by either not voting um, because they didn't like Donald Trump or they didn't think there was a reason to vote. Well, those of you who didn't vote last year, those you Republicans who didn't vote last year, you conservatives that didn't vote last year because you were disgusted, I hope to hell you're even more disgusted now. I hope you're happy with yourself. I hope you're happy with the decision that you made. All right. Let me... Uh, so I'm going to post that anyway. It'll be on Facebook. And uh, I would love to get, whoops, I don't know why I hit that. <laughs> I hit, I don't know why I hit the wrong button here. So hang with me a second until I cancel that out because it'll probably start playing music here in a second if I'm not careful. Okay, back to normal. Uh, I'll be posting that and... Uh, I would encourage you to read the whole thing just so you get a good feel because I guarantee you there's thousands of people in, in this country right now that if they've read it, they're shaking their head. Yeah, that's a great idea. We need to start pushing for that. I don't think that kind of idea would get any legs right now. But then again, you know, we've got uh, Congress that the beginning of the year, uh, pushed through the legislation on uh, HR one about uh, that included uh, changing the voting laws in this country 
stiffening them, if you will, trying to prevent Republicans from putting too many restrictions on voting, they will say. And also in that H.R. 1, it included allowing 16-year-olds to vote. So let's let's let 16-year-olds vote. Let's let everybody who's in the country, whether they're citizens or not, if they're here working and contributing in some fashion, we're going to let them vote. Boy, that would be an election, wouldn't it? That would be an election. (laughs) I can't even imagine who could get elected if you add all of that in to the pot. Uh, Okay, so now what I was originally trying to do was get back to this. Um. I mean, I know there's lots of people working their butts off in this country right now to push back against the extreme liberal socialist agenda, if you will, and all those radical ideas that they want us to accept. And so it's it's not like, you know, we don't have people fighting and pushing back on these people, the liberals. But sometimes I wonder if it's going to be enough. Oh, just a little message popped up here on the screen. Okay. That was your musical interlude. But um, the, the level of the hypocrisy among many of our elected officials, you know, coupled with their blind ignorance about uh, the blind ignorance of, of the voting public in many areas of this country is astounding. And I just wonder if we can keep ourselves from going off the edge of the cliff. I mean, you take the stories about the thousands and thousands of illegal immigrants coming across the southern border. And then uh, <laughs> you you have the government that's telling us now that the COVID is rising and we may have to, well, they're pretty much committed to masking up again. And then they're not saying for sure that we won't have to do some shutdowns again. Are they nuts or are they just inept? And then the stories about critical race theory, CRT, the left says, what are we afraid of? They just want to teach accurate history. It's not accurate history. It's an opinion on history. They want to teach the history that says our country was founded by racist white men. But is it accurate history? And when you teach history, it's supposed to be used not only to celebrate accomplishments, of people throughout history, but to learn from the mistakes that we've made throughout history. It's, you know, it's the purpose should not be to reverse the roles as they see it and punish people for today for mistakes that were made by their ancestors. I 
I shouldn't be punished for things that my my parents did wrong. I didn't make them do those things or they didn't make their parents do the things that they did. It's the same principle. I, I tell people all the time, I'm responsible for what I do. I am not responsible for what you do or anybody else does or anybody in my family from the past. Well, maybe my sons, you know, cause I'm supposed to have some influence on that, but in general, I'm only responsible for what I do. I mean, we've got a lot of history that we need to, uh, to have some shame about. There's no question about that. But all countries do. And there's countries right now that are supposedly civilized that have worse situations about racial issues than we do here in this country. And you never hear anything about that. And sometimes we'll have people come from those countries, come to the United States, and then they start criticizing us. Well, why did you come here? But we also have a lot of history we should be proud of in this country. I mean, I always like to ask this question, and I've heard other people ask it as well. What if there had never been a United States throughout history, especially in World War I and World War II? Where would this world be right now if there had not been something like the United States at those times? Where would the world be right now if we did not have all those Americans that gave their lives and uh, their efforts in, in, in both of those conflicts? What other country in the world has done as much humanitarian work across the globe as the United States? What other country in the world offers the opportunity to work hard and become whatever your abilities, abilities let you be? Yet they keep coming here, despite the fact that liberals want to tell us this is, this is a highly racist society and things aren't right here. that Americans are racist, especially white people are racist. It's a racist society. And yet people still risk their lives just to touch American soil. I saw some of those people coming through the gate, the illegals, one of the gates down on the border the other day. And you should see the expression on their face when they come through that gate. It's, if it wasn't such a bad situation, it's, it's a sight to behold. 
it's like a dream come true, even though right now in the situation we're in, it's a nightmare for our country, for them. It's a dream come true. All right. Well, that pretty much sums it up for Friday night. Um, I hope you take the time to look at that article. And then I'd love for y'all to comment. I would love, I want to encourage you to send emails and, and let me know what you think about any of the episodes that I do here on Minipod or the episodes that Dennis Lee and I do together when we actually do them together. Uh, and and kind of give us some feedback about what you think about what's going on in this country. Because we can sit here and we can we can give you these articles and we can give you our opinions and we can we can uh, talk about different things that are going on in the country as we see it. But we really would like to know your opinion about things in this country as far as things that, that you agree with and things that you disagree with, things that you would like to see happen in this country, and things that scare you that you think might happen in this country, but you don't want them to. So uh, I'm actually, well, let's see. All right, let me move down here. Uh, so if you would like to send in any comments about any of the shows that I do or Dennis Lee and I do together, uh, you can do that by emailing us at Trice Talk, T-R-I-C-E-T-A-L-K 69PTS at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. Uh, yes, we're still on Twitter, even though I, I threatened to completely get off of there uh, when they blocked Donald Trump. But um, I, I found that I still need to be on there because, uh, one, I've uh, gained a lot of followers in the last couple of months. But also, um, I like to be on there so I can see the comments from a lot of the liberals because that gives me some ammunition sometimes about things I want to talk about, or it just kind of gives me a feel. Now, I realize that a lot of people say stupid stuff on Twitter because they can. It's allowed. Freedom of speech, okay? Unless you're a conservative or a Republican or a Trumpster, if you will. You have to be careful what you say and how you say it. Uh, it's amazing. They can allow all kinds of profanity and any kind of sexual subject that you want to talk about pretty much except uh, pedophilia or um, I, I don't know, that may be the only one that they don't don't allow. But yet, if you say something uh, like the election was stolen in 2020, you'll get banned. <laughs> so uh, standards are awfully skewed, but I still like being on Twitter, because like I said, uh, there's still a lot of conservatives that have hung out on Twitter and maybe some of them have gone back to Twitter, but I also like to be there because I like to read what a lot of the liberals are saying about us. 
So, uh, but yeah, send us, send us some notes, email, or follow us on Twitter. You can uh, respond on Twitter if you would like to some of the things that we post. Um, I appreciate you listening tonight or downloading this episode. I'll be back tomorrow night and I promise it'll be a shorter episode. It's a Saturday night. So I'm, I'm going to try to do something a little bit different tomorrow night. Maybe, maybe just nothing serious at all. We'll see. Depends on what kind of mood I'm in or if I don't see some dumbass article on, on the news tomorrow that, that drives me off the deep end and I have to talk about it. But uh, also, I'm hoping that Dennis Lee is going to be back on Sunday night. I know I keep saying that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to lead you on, but uh, I just I can only relay uh, the information that I have. And uh, hopefully, he'll be back Sunday night. And uh, if not, we'll have to shoot for next Tuesday. What can I say? But I hope everybody has a great weekend where you're at. I know the uh, temperatures are, uh, the heat's been excessive down in the south now, and I think it still is to some degree up in the northwest, but uh, it is summertime in the south, and uh, we kind of expect this stuff. So, um, but anyway, I hope that you get a chance to do something fun, relax a little bit, try to forget about some of the craziness, at least, you know, for a while this weekend rest up and uh, get ready for battle again Sunday night and next week. But um, I'm going to step out of here now with uh, one of my favorite little tunes that I've played it before on Tristock, but I'm going to play it here because I love harmonica. Uh, I don't know how y'all feel about harmonica, but uh, there's one on this song that I really kind of enjoy and I hope you do too. Till next time, only thing I'll ask you is pay attention, folks. It's more important now than it ever has been before. I'm Donald Wayne. Stay safe, everybody.